Hi everyone,、uh, welcome to my podcast. My name is David, and I'm an MSW student at UC Berkeley.、Um, in each episode, I'll be talking about social work,、uh, graduate school, productivity, or self-care, and I hope that you get a better sense of what social workers do, and ultimately consider social work as a career.、Um, this is a very hard but fulfilling profession, and Call me biased, but I love what I do. I love social work. So let's begin. So in this episode, I want to give you a micro, meso, and macro level view of mental health service deliveries right now during COVID nineteen.、Um, this, I think, will be an ongoing issue for the next several years,、um, and here's why. Right. You have to start by looking at the current political climate, right,、uh, and also the state of the economy.、Um, right now,、um, California is in a deficit,、uh, state deficit, because of COVID nineteen, right, and the governor has to find ways to shrink the deficit, right.、Um, how do they do this?、Uh, well, there's several ways. I don't know all the Uh, inner mechanisms within the budget that the governor's office could use to trigger、uh, cuts to services, but I know that they、um, they they would use their reserves, for example, right, as a way to make up the deficit,、um, and that's coming from the surplus、uh, that Governor Newsom has inherited from Jerry Brown. But other cost-cutting measures, excuse me,、um, those are inevitable, right? And at some point, it's going to trickle down、uh, to the counties and、uh, the organizations that provide the services, right? And so, it's inevitable, right? Budget cuts. So, how would that look like, right? As it trickles down to The counties, right? So let's take a step back. The state、uh, gives money to the counties through contracts, right? And the counties then award contracts to the community-based organizations, the nonprofits, the CEOs, in other words, that will then provide the direct services to the community members, right? This all goes back to this idea of deinstitutionalization, where the state is saying to the communities, "Hey, we're not doing a good job right now,、um, taking care of our mentally ill folks,、um, you know, in state hospitals and state prisons, and so we're asking you." Uh, to take care of them, and we're going to give you the money in the form of contracts to provide them better quality of care、uh, and humane treatment. Right, and so you see a lot of nonprofits、uh, and health departments、uh, and human services departments following、uh, principles. Uh, rooted within evidence 
base uh, research, right? Like person-centered care, trauma-informed care, um, whole person care. Um, all of this is uh, connected, as you could see. And it all has to do with the contracts that they receive and the state and regulations that comes with it, right? So that's the CBO's um, responsibility, right, when they are given the contracts, right, from the county and the state. They have to, uh, you know, follow compliance. Um, but on a meso level, if you are the director of of um, of the CBOs, or if you're the director of programs within uh, the health department and the human services department. So in San Francisco, it's HSA, Human Services Agency, and the Department of Public Health. Right now, during COVID, um, because the state is in a deficit, you're you're afraid of losing money right now from the funding streams, right? Um, you're afraid of getting less funding or not getting a contract extension. Uh, and you're worried that if you don't have uh, money coming in, then that you're going to have to make uh, cuts to the program, right? Whether that's less resources uh, for the staff and in the worst case scenario, laying people off, right? You know, it's these are very hard uh, decisions to make as a director, and you want to avoid that as much as possible, right? Um, and so there's a lot of pressure uh, in politics that the directors have to um, have to go through um, to fight for a sustainable funding stream, whether it's coming from the federal government in the form of Medi-Cal or the Community Mental Health Services Block Grant, or on a state level through the MHSA, the Mental Health Service Act, or the general fund, um, you're doing everything you can right now to secure those fundings. Uh, for the next fiscal year um, and beyond. Um, it's not just a one-year thing. You're trying to do this every single year. Um, and if you're a program manager, right, you're feeling a lot of pressure to stay within compliance of state and federal regulations, right? Um, you know, remember what I said earlier about how, you know, when a CBO receives money, it's their obligation to follow the rules uh, in the contract to to uh, to continue getting money from their counties and the state. So that's what the audits are all about, right? Ensuring that the programs within the CBO stay within compliance and. Usually, the state hires a third-party organization called the EQRO to audit the programs that were awarded the contracts 
by the county, right? The challenge here for program managers is to stay within a 5% or less error rate, right, when it comes to compliance. So in other words, uh, maintaining a 95% compliance rate, right? But if programs uh, uh, are at a 94% compliance rate, 90% compliance rate, well, 90% is quite high, but um, it's not the end of the world is what I'm trying to say because the EQRO will, um, will say to the programs, hey, okay, you made these mistakes, right? So here's what you have to do to fix it, right? And so they're going to give the program managers what's called a corrective action report, and the, and the program manager has to implement those fixes, right? Um, and, you know, the, and the EQRO will then audit them later on uh, within three to six months to make sure that they're in compliance, right? And if they keep making the same mistakes, they go through the same process, right? They're going to get another corrective action report and they need to fix this uh, until they're in, in uh, compliance. Um, so as a provider, um, what can you do, right? Uh, what can you do as a social worker to help your uh, program manager and your director uh, stay operational, right? Well, there's a couple of things you can do. Um, just remember that right now, more than ever, compliance is a big deal, right? Uh, you know, you have to adapt to all the changes that are happening right now in protocols because of COVID. Um, and, you know, you have to take notes of it because it's, it's a lot of moving parts, right? That's what I recommend, you taking notes. I also recommend that you uh, double check with your supervisor about any procedural changes that are unclear uh, and try your best to maintain confidentiality. Right now, um, you know, there's, there's exceptions right now if you read the um, newsletters on compliance and privacy affairs on the SFTPH website. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, disclosures of PHIs, but if I were you though, I would err on the side of caution and I would not talk to any other providers in the community without getting a written release of information um, from, from, from the client, right? Um, ideally getting their signature so um, yeah so so as you can see compliance is a big deal right it's uh, it's very important but at the same time too, trust management right now right even though it looks like in the past that they weren't doing much they were just going in and out of their offices uh, the reality is that they're doing a lot right 
and they're trying to save their job right now, right? They're trying to save as many jobs as possible. And when you're in compliance, you're giving them more reasons to advocate uh, for you and for the organization when they engage with stakeholders, right? You know, you're giving them more reasons when you're in compliance for them to say, hey, we're doing everything we can uh, to, to act responsibly right now. You should give us more money, right? If not, give us an extension so that we don't have to worry about um, you know, money coming in every fiscal year. Um, you know, what this all means is that they're, they're fighting for your job, right? Trust them right now. Have faith in them and help them out. You have to meet them halfway, you know, so that they can meet you, um, you know, in the other half. So, but some other ways that you can, uh, you know, stay within compliance is make sure you're uh, documenting your sessions with clients the same way as you are right now, right? Clinical documentation during COVID hasn't changed. Um, make sure you have a copy of the documentation manual when it comes to the specialty mental health services in your desk. Um, make sure that um, when you document that the client uh, meets criterions for medical necessity um, so that you can bill Medi-Cal for mental health services, right? And that you can perform your essential functions, right? Like um, doing an assessment, um, creating an annual treatment plan, um, writing progress notes that align with the treatment plan, and doing an annual reassessment to to help them work on other aspects of their lives, right? Um, so all that stays the same. All that is a part of compliance. And again, the little things that you can do within your scope of practice, within your job description, in other words, can make a big difference, right? And if I were you too, I would take it a step further. Now, I would try to learn the latest policies, right? When it comes to service delivery um, during COVID-19. So here in San Francisco uh, on the SFDPH website, um, you know, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, you can go to the Community Behavioral Health uh, Services page uh, and, you know, read up on the latest newsletters on compliance and privacy affairs but also um, read about any uh, policies uh, from SFDPH when it comes to privacy and uh, service delivery. You can find it all on the SFDPH website. So as you could see, um, on a micro, meso, macro level, when it comes to mental health so, uh, services delivery right now, during COVID, everything is interconnected, right? One thing affects another and it produces a chain effect. And at some point, it 
it affects everyone, right? In the team and in the community and in the state as a whole. And so if you look at everything and if you had to boil down to a couple of sentences, right? It's all about money at the end of the day. Um, it's all about money when it comes to financing mental health services, when it comes to staying within compliance of the regulations. And we're all doing our part to stay operational so that we can continue uh, providing uh, the best quality of care as we can to our community members. Um, so as a social worker, do what you can within your scope of practice to help out uh, others in the team and know that you're making a difference too when you're doing that, right? By following the rules, you are making a difference. And I'm not just saying that, you really are. 